The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, I'm Vincent Price. I'm here to introduce a new chilling series of classic ghost stories. Strangely enough, this type of story has been neglected by television. Only occasionally has a real ghost story been presented properly on TV. And when it was, it was met with immediate acceptance and popularity. Famous ghost stories is not to be confused with the phenomena type of story. Although they too deal with the unexplained or the mysterious, they frequently attempt to pass off their stories as being true. Famous ghost stories will not try to explain the how or the why, nor will it try to convince the audience that ghosts exist or do not exist. Instead, the stories will be told as they should be, as they were originally written by master storytellers such as Edgar Allan Poe, Arthur Conan Doyle, and others. And now, for a famous ghost story. And happy Halloween. I got a rock. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the party. Uh, it is July 9th, 2017. Uh, yeah, things are getting a little spooky, a little creepy. Summer starting to slowly creep in and get out there. We got the uh, the back-to-school stuff already in stores, and you know what that means. Once that shit's gone, then the Halloween stuff comes in. And some people are reporting right now uh, at certain craft stores and stuff that their Halloween stuff's sprouting up as far as the eye can see. So that's really cool to see. Um... I can't really get into it that much this year. Uh, sadly, I'm in the midst of moving, which kind of fucking sucks. My place is now barren, and I hate having blank walls around me. I don't know what it is, but it bothers the living shit out of me. Um, but you know what? On to better things. Maybe, maybe even more successful things, and I can maybe bring the show to you guys in a way bigger and better light. That is the overall grand scheme of things. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, go check out uh, SpaceDragonCast.com. That's where my other podcast is at with the sci-fi and comics and all that fun jazz. It's where I host Every Day's Halloween, where I play all the shows out there. So definitely go give that podcast a listen to as well. But first, before we dig into all the horror for this month, uh, I'm going to give you guys a little uh, Sonic Youth. This is Bad Moon Rising.
All right, let's just dig into news. Tales for a Halloween Night is a trade paperback comic that John Carpenter put out maybe about a year and a half ago, and it looks like the Universal Cable Company has picked it up to do some original programming for the Sci-Fi Channel, which means John Carpenter will be in development, uh, you know, overseeing it as an executive producer. But there are a few short stories that are in there that it'll be really cool to see some just, you know, unique programming on Halloween Night. Now, I love all of our classic horror movies and, and, and shows on repeat for the 31 days of Halloween, but it's really cool to see studios backing you know original content from these amazing masters of horror like john carpenter so i'm very excited to see this come to light uh hopefully it'll be on television this october i was a huge fan of true blood when it aired now yeah the show got a little rocky towards the end but the overall premise of the show and the acting on it was really good and i was really drawn to the character of lafayette because he's such a cool badass character it was so much fun to to watch uh, and it's, I'm sad to report that Nelson Ellis, the actor who played Lafayette, has passed away at the age of 39 due to heart failure. Uh, he did some amazing things on that show, stuff that'll be held up and, and stand with the test of time, uh, you know. And he hasn't done too many other things. Was growing on a new CBS series that just started. Uh, it's sad to see a young actor like that with his life cut short. Uh, so my heart goes out to uh, Ellis and his entire family. Remember that M. Night Shyamalan Tales from the Crypt series that was supposed to be coming out sometime this October? Uh, some people were getting fooled by these fake uh, trailers that were put up on Facebook where they would take clips from uh, Penny Dreadful and other horror uh, staples and then had my M. Night Shyamalan sitting on a stool behind some bats talking about how he's so excited about writing horror again. Well, that's dead in the water. Thank fucking God. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, that one, uh, there's been a whole little thing over at TNT going on right now where they wanted to get a new series, uh, you know, off the ground with, uh, you know, it's Ridley Scott and he's creative and he's got like a bunch of more shows that he wants to come up with. And it's more like an anthology show with the stuff he's coming up with. And it's just kind of got caught in purgatory hell. Now that's what they're saying. Honestly, I think the fan backlash was a little heavy and then they try to get it from HBO, the rights, and that wasn't happening. So uh, they just said, fuck it. So that's dead in the water. Thank God. Very happy about that news. Hopefully now we can just get a new Tales from the Crypt series on HBO. That would be fantastic. Bring John Casher back as the Crypt Keeper, and all will be right with the world. I talked a lot about Friday the 13th, the game, in the last show, uh, and I've been playing it a ton. It's a lot of fun to play with friends and pass the time, for sure. Um, and it looks like they're going to add their second character from the movies, other than Tommy Jarvis, into them the mix they're adding uh gloria charles character fox from friday 13th part three uh she's a badass leather jacket super cool chick uh sadly gloria passed away back in december of last year and it's been hard for the gun media company to get the rights to add her into the game uh so that's where you guys come in you know if you can email f13 game at fearthegun.com if you know any you know whereabouts of where her family's at or if you know who she is uh, you know, maybe have some contacts of people that may have worked with her in the past. Uh, it would help them out, and we can get a really cool character in the game. So uh, definitely try and email them if you have any clues or information. Hmm. What is oats? Oats is a... Uh, to me, oats is just... Ooh, it's different in almost every way. Hmm. Um... Uh, it's, I, it's kind of hard to explain exactly what it is. It's run by Neil Blomkamp. Uh, oats is it's Neil's weird studio, uh, making cool stuff here. I would say it's a giant playpen. <laughs> of boys and their toys. I think it's a collective of ideas that uh, we produce here to feed the, the internet. <laughs> Oats uh, has been paying me for two years. It's kind of secretive. Nobody really knows about it. Oats is. Oats is a very inspired, a very um, almost Corman-esque kind of studio that Neil put together uh, where he wanted to put everything under one roof. We were once mankind. We were humanity. They came here to exterminate us. 
we'll die if we stay here in Barclay. If you're gonna get out, you're gonna tell everyone about this place. I got men in this unit I trust. They're saying things happen to them that they can't explain. Come with us! They have built a conservatory for us! Go! 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 It's coming no matter what we do! The new world altered everyone. Adapt or die. It was as simple as that. Well, if you'd like to know what Oats actually is, it's Neil Blomkamp's studio away from Hollywood, away from the production companies that, you know, uh, basically it's taking great ideas and pulling them away from Hollywood. You know, a lot of that money goes into marketing and gets pretty much uh, what Neil Blomkamp said. Yeah, it's a a trash fire. It's, you know, you, you put all this money into your film and your actors only get so much, your production crew gets less, Uh, The people that bring the stories to light, the makeup effects, the lighting guys, the CG guys, they all get, you know, squandering bits, and most of it goes to marketing and the big guys upstairs. This is uh, Neil's way of putting out unique and original, really cool um, ideas from uh, science fiction and horror and bringing them to light right to you on YouTube. Um, So I'm not going to really say too much more about the project itself. Just go to uh, the YouTube page. Let me make sure I got it pulled up here. Uh, it's Oat Studios. So if you just go to, they don't even have a thing yet. Whatever. Just go on YouTube, put in Oat Studios, and there's a ton of movies. Um, when I say tons, there's like about two or three um, half-hour parts, which are really great. Um, Sigourney Weaver is one of them. Um, and it's all really, really advanced. It's nothing like, you know, a really crappy, shoddy video. Like that guy said, he's been spending two years working with this company under secret, uh, putting stuff out. If you've seen Neil Blomkamp's stuff in the past, um, District 9, uh, Chappie, um, you know, he's put out a lot of stuff. And this is, it's like, he had uh, the Halo franchise at one point, and that got stolen from underneath him. So you can kind of see little bits and pieces from that in this. Uh, so very cool stuff. Go check out Oat Studios right over at YouTube. All right, I'm reaching here and showing my age, but uh, do you guys remember, uh, you know, right before going trick-or-treating, you put on your... Your plastic smock over your your, your clothes It'd be all hot and sweaty after you know you come back in from trick or treating. Uh, usually, it had the, the the character that you were on the smock. So if you were the Road Runner, <laughs> I was, uh, and I, you had the Ben Cooper mask that was plastic and had a little slit that you put your tongue through and you cut your tongue. And it wasn't very fun, but Happy Halloween, anyways. The Ben Cooper Company holds a lot of nostalgia for fans. Fright Rags, for instance, has been putting out box sets. Uh, you get a cool t-shirt, and then you get a box like the Ben Cooper Company used to put out with the plastic mask and the little band around it. Nostalgia's strong these days, and it looks like uh, the Ben Cooper Company is coming back. Ira J. Cooper, son of the original co-founder Nathan Cooper, and his partner John Miller are looking into like rebranding the series and just coming out with m- more like nostalgic costumes for every license under the sun. I'm guessing the, the Fret Rags ones did so well that, you know, Ben Cooper's coming back, and I don't know who would want to wear the plastic mask with the, the the hot schmuck on, but it's a thing, and you can buy it. But, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, I think it's interesting that, you know, a company from, you know, the 1930s is, is coming back in a big way. Um, so really neat to see that that company's coming forward. Um, I don't know when exactly we'll see stuff from them. Um, maybe possibly this Halloween? We'll see. The Lovecraftian game of monsters and madmen is back. Uh, Secret World Legends has rebranded itself with legends at the end of it. Uh, tons of really cool monsters. You can create a character. It's free to play right now. Uh, I loved the crap out of this game when I reviewed it way, way back when. So uh, definitely check this one out and give it a chance. It's a lot of fun. We'll be back with more news and reviews soon. Uh, but first, I want to cut to a really awesome interview I had with uh, writer and creator Rich Duick. Uh He's the creator of Gutter Magic, one of the coolest comics uh, on, on store shelves right now uh, from IDW Publishing. He's putting out a Kickstarter for Tales of the Gutter, and I hope you all enjoy this fantastic interview. Hey, everybody, what's up? This is my interview with uh, Gutter Magic uh, creator and writer uh, Rich Duick. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm great. Uh, so I had a chance to review this for Geek.com. 
uh, and I got like all the four issues, and I just sat down one day and I just burned through them all super quick. I was amazed how quickly I went through these four comics. Uh, just the world building around it is so so imaginative and fantastic. I really love that about this this world. Um, I kind of came to an idea. It's like uh, the Star Wars Cantina, most icely area, mixed with Firefly, <laughs> mixed with yeah. Game of Thrones, with wizards. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all kind of in the. Uh... In the in the mix, you know, like a uh, little stew of, of uh, influences that that's in my head because <laughs> those are all things I love. Right. Yes. Um, taking everything and putting it in there. And it's, it's great mm-hmm. because I, you don't see too many. Um, it's one thing I feel like people leave out a lot whenever they do world building is like the, the seedy side of the characters and the environments mm-hmm. around them. And I love that mm-hmm. that like the first like almost two to three issues are just about that, you know, mm-hmm. getting to know the world that they're in. Yeah. You know, um, I think like. It was really kind of important to me when I was when I was creating this to like have have the world feel like very consistent and very alive. Like everything, you know, I wrote like lots and lots of background info on it um, mm-hmm. so, to make sure that kind of everything makes sense and everything happens for like uh, happens for a reason there. You know, and I, I really feel that that that's really what contributes to helping it come alive and feel like very close to like a real place is just the fact that you know even though the 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 rules are different than the real world there are still like sort of like these rules that um you know kind of keep this like consistency so you know what to expect and you and you and you um you can also kind of just like extrapolate a lot of Mm -hmm. like uh you know sort of like the history and the way things work just by like looking at it and just by going through the story you kind of get a, a really good feel for how that society operates definitely it's almost a, a, a steampunk world with with magic infused in it mm-hmm. um, where would you say you uh like for, explain to the audience kind of what the world of gutter magic is okay so the world of gutter magic is is basically our world where uh during world war ii rather than having sort of this race to develop uh, the A-bomb and conventional weapons, the race, the arms race was more mystical. So you had wizards getting involved on both sides, like like Nazi wizards uh, fighting for the Axis, and then the Allies uh, bringing their own wizards into play. And, um, and things kind of did go off the rails a little bit, way more than they did in, in our reality. So sort of like the world of gutter magic is our world if it had gone through a very devastating magical war okay uh and and sort of like society's sort of been restructured from top to bottom around this new reality where where magic is real and wizards are around and your neighbor might be a goblin or an ogre or something like that (laughs) that's awesome and so the the first the first I guess run we should say uh, was four issues and that was through IDW. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have a Kickstarter going on yes. right now. Uh, explain what's what's the Kickstarter about? Uh, well, the Kickstarter is called Gutter Magic: Tales from the Gutter, and the idea behind that is, you know, it, it, it all kind of goes back to the world building. It's like we built this like rich world, and where we were following one story, uh, the story of Cinder, who's the you know, the main character in the IDW series, but there's all this other stuff going on in the background. So what I wanted to do, my goal with this Kickstarter was kind of like expand things and, you know, meet some new characters and see how they tie into the old ones and, and just sort of explore all the different stories that are going on in the city at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you bring up like the, the cantina, which I think is like a great scene and one that I love where it's like, it's almost like, you know, in Star Wars, like we're in the cantina following what Luke is doing, but uh, you know, at the same time, Luke was in there. Han Solo was sort of doing something with Greedo, and uh, you know, this is like sort of if we take a look at some of those colorful characters that had all this like potential, where you're like looking at them, and you're like, wow, I wonder what that Hammerhead guy's story is, or or those you know the two guys that got into a fight with. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Oh, Obi Wan cut their arm off. That, yeah, yeah. That, that Obi Wan cut their arm off. Like you know, those two guys showed up in Rogue One. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like uh, they, you know, they sort of had like 
their own little arc going on and 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 sort of like tales from the gutter is about like just sort of expanding the world and and a little bit and and taking the time that we couldn't take in the miniseries because we were following this one like very intense story like sort of taking the time to like let the setting breathe a little bit and and have a look around Mm -hmm. and see what's going on there now you bring up cinder and his story um and it kind of almost because it's left i don't want to like spoil your your first run um Mm -hmm. but you know there's still more to his story uh is that something that will be explored in in tales or will that be kind of a side note with other character stories yeah, it, it's not going to be like directly explored in tales. It's it's um, it's something that um, I'm definitely planning to continue. But tales is sort of like um, everyone else, everyone else, and, and 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 you know, part of it is just that I really want to explore some different stories in the world. Another part of it is like just for like a practical reason, I, I wanted, you know, I, I, this is my first Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and I just. You know, I have like pretty big plans for like a follow-up miniseries, and I didn't want to just sort of like dive right into there. I wanted to sort of get my feet wet with Kickstarter and see how that goes. Uh, yeah. With, you know, like kind of like a, a you know, like a, just like a, a project that's a little bit smaller in scope before mm-hmm. like diving right into doing, you know, volume two, right? Something like that. So this is kind of, you know, like like there's like a practical reason and also just like a, a creative reason why we're kind of stepping away from that story for a minute mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and you know, sort of weaving in a few other threads that make that will you know probably come into play like later on. Very cool. Um, so let me ask you, how has the uh, Kickstarter experience been for you? Uh, I know that you're doing Tales completely digital this time around. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. How's that helping you in the process? Well, I mean, it, it helps in that, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel you kind of need to master if you're self-publishing a comic, and, you know, mm-hmm. and print, doing print is like a whole news would be a whole new skill set for me like you know dealing with printers and dealing with um shipping and things like that and that's like yeah it's costly and it's also something that can you know lead to like you know in 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 rare cases it can lead to delays it can lead to you know there's just like a lot of variables that can happen a lot of room for errors yeah a lot of room for (laughs) errors and then on top of that you kind of just just doing a Kickstarter itself, you have to learn how to you know do marketing and promotion and all these other things. So mm-hmm. keeping it di- keeping it all digital is something that just makes it a little bit easier for me in terms of knowing 100% that I'm going to be able to deliver what I promise mm-hmm. to people, which is important to me. Like I, I really don't want didn't want to have a project where I would promise something like, um, okay, everyone's going to get their books in September. And then have like the container get held up in customs, and you know we're we're, we're going to like next year, and people still don't have their books, and right. You know, that's that's happened to a lot of people in a lot of different avenues mm-hmm. through Kickstarter. Yeah, and it, it you know if it's something and it's something that is, a lot of times is beyond your control. Mm-hmm. So like you know for this one, I really just wanted to have a goal that I felt was reachable, and also like not not over promise things like I, I wanted to be 100% able to deliver everything I was promising people that's really cool I like that it's a very straightforward approach like you're gonna get it on this day no mm-hmm. matter what don't worry right. about anything coming to your house anything being delayed right. like you're gonna get exactly it. <laughs> and and you know and and it's nothing to say that tales won't see print at some point down the line because I've done gutter magic short stories before mm-hmm. like uh, and like the very first one I did was something I self-published back in like 2011, and I, I managed to get that story into the uh, into the trade collection uh, for um, for IDW. Mm-hmm. So you know, like the benefit of the short stories is that you know if, if if this is successful and I get to do it a few more times, then you know I might be able to do a tales uh, paperback. Or if I do go ahead straight to volume two, maybe do some sort of like a little bit more extravagant like you know omnibus like hardcover type of thing right so now that'd be know. very cool to see uh yeah you know gutter magic like just get like the nice omnibus treatment you know yeah for sure so 
so it's not like it's not like I'm like ruling out print forever. It's just sort of like for now, I felt like this was like the smartest way to go from you know, just from like a a business standpoint and also from you know just creatively like like being able to to get people to you know the stories to read. Yeah, I mean that's the beautiful thing about Kickstarter is that it's almost kind of like a give give situation with the fans. Mm-hmm. Like fans yeah. understand that you know they're they're helping out the creator and helping out the artists that want to build their library and make it better yeah. for them in the long run. You'll get more stories if you throw in a few bucks. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's really cool. Speaking of, what kind of uh, incentives do you have going on right now? Uh, apparently, I saw something about sketch cards with uh, Matt Hork and Rob Liefeld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, it's Matt Hork. Um... Rob Liefeld is in there because Matt just did a book uh, with Rob called The Covenant. Okay. Um, so that's kind of why I mentioned that because I know a lot of um, Liefeld fans uh, dug that book. So awesome. And if they dug that book, then they dug Matt's art. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, one of the one of the great things with uh, Tales is that I've got a ton of artists who. Uh, or fans of Gutter Magic and, and that I'm personally friendly with that mm-hmm. have, have been like amazing about pitching in uh, pinups. Um, got like close to 20 pinups, then they're all going to be included in, cool. you know, at, at a certain pledge level. And a lot of the artists like uh, Matt and also uh, Kelly Williams have offered up the originals of the pinups they've done mm-hmm. that uh, as, as rewards tiers. So if you actually love the art and you want to own it, you know, you can get right on there and uh, and uh, get and get the the original piece, and that will be shipped to you. <laughs> nice. So You'll get you that know, in hand. One, yeah. yeah, that's the one thing. That's the one thing I'm physically shipping uh, is those art awards. So very cool. You know. mm-hmm. Um, and so I was wondering. So Shiver is probably like one of my favorite characters in the book. Uh, she mm-hmm. struck me as an instant fan favorite. Uh, will we yeah. be seeing any uh, side stories of her in uh, Tales? Yeah, there's actually a huge story with her. Not huge in terms of length, but in terms of sort of like filling in her background. Like it's it's called Dead and Buried, and mm-hmm. it's 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 completely focused on Shiver, and you you kind of get to learn a little bit more, see a different side of her, and learn a little bit more about her her relationship mm-hmm. with her her mother, the morgue who it's interesting because she's kind of like her mother's main enforcer but they actually in the series they actually never have a scene together oh right yeah uh, you know (laughs) uh so in this short story they do so you definitely get kind of like a little bit more insight into that side of her and how that how that dynamic works between them gotcha very awesome yeah and so let me ask you uh I feel like you're kind of you're probably a horror fan, right? You like horror movies and mm-hmm. scary stuff. Oh uh, yeah, I love horror movies. Sweet. Um, I noticed. I don't I think it's Whispers was the character's name with the mm-hmm. skulls. Uh, yeah. Where, where did the idea for that character come? Uh, he's one of the more uh, more stronger magic uh, beings in the world of Gutter yeah. Magic. I don't know. Like I just sort of had this image in my head of like like uh, this like Undertaker type of figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, with his lips sewn shut like because you, you see that a lot with like uh I, I guess kind of like um you know not like old old old-fashioned kind of techniques of like corpse preparation where they would do stuff like that mm-hmm. like they don't really do that stuff anymore i don't think or they do it in a much more cosmetically pleasing way right but just the idea of like like the lips sewn shut and like is he a dead guy is he not like like you know uh-huh. i i, I I had this image in my head of like where like uh if whispers was if if this was like a film Mm -hmm. like he would be speaking and like you wouldn't hear his voice you just hear like a thousand kind of like whispery voices like coming from everywhere yeah and especially how you have all the skulls floating around him at the same time so you don't really know where it's coming from and it's almost like the skulls are talking or like you know it's just like i just thought it was like a really kind of creepy and and cool cool idea and um just sort of like the idea that if you have a world where um you know magic you, you know people, magical secrets are important mm-hmm. and you have the sort of thing like a necromancer where you know someone could call up like the spirit of the dead and like that's like a real thing and maybe they'll learn your secrets whereas like the reason why 
magicians have whispers be their undertaker is because he, he part of his his function is is protecting them from that mm-hmm. you know he's like he's like a keeper of secrets and also you know for the right right price maybe he'll help you find some out awesome yeah i freaking yeah. love it and i i saw the the pinup that um was it a uh, doug hills did mm-hmm. on the kickstarter oh, yeah. page and that's it's phenomenal i think that's Tremendous. such a cool pick yeah um, that's crazy so uh my last question for you is so if you haven't read uh the original gutter magic comic uh can you still read this without having read that yeah you can read this as like standalone uh kind of stories like there's there's nothing in them that um you you need kind of any prior knowledge to understand mm-hmm. uh but you i mean I, I feel like you'll definitely get like a richer experience if you if you re- read read everything together which is why i have i definitely have reward tiers where you can get everything like if you're completely new to the franchise you can get um you can get a pdf pdfs of, of the idw book and okay. uh and the new stuff oh, so that's awesome it's the sort of thing where like you know it, it all kind of fits together as a whole, but each individual piece can be like uh, enjoyed by itself. I, th- I feel mm-hmm. because there, there's really no like um, it's it's not the sort of thing where you need sort of like a deep knowledge of, of canon uh, to to appreciate. You know? Yeah, and I'm sure at some point in the in the uh, PDF file of tales, there's kind of like a prelog that kind of lets you know about what happened in the world. Yeah, yeah, you know, like like we did that in in the in the series too, um, where you know just like a just like a you know short like paragraph or two, just sort of explaining like how the world got this way, just um, you know, just for clarification and yeah. and like a little bit of depth, you know, it's almost like the uh, the uh, opening uh, narration to like Terminator, you know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, stuff like that in the world. So, yeah. <laughs> So if you have, if you wanted to have people uh, buy the original Gutter Magic currently, right now, I noticed there's only three trades left on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, w- would you rather just have people just get it digitally on Comicsology, or? Yeah, I think that's a great option. I mean, you know, I love selling through Amazon. I love selling through comic stores, mm-hmm. you know, and at cons and things like that. But if you haven't picked it up and uh, you want to give it a shot, like I think getting it through the Kickstarter is a great option. Um, and if you really just kind of want to see if, you know, if you're not sure if it's something you like, mm-hmm. you, you would like, you can, you can just get Tails or you can get Tails and the first issue of Gutter Magic. And then if you like that, you could go out and, and get the rest on Comixology or, or at a store or something like that. Yeah, there's many options out there. Yeah. But especially you just want to go to the Kickstarter right now and, and do what you yeah. can. You got eight more days to we'd go. Like, we'd like, yeah, we got eight more days to go. We'd love to get it funded. So if digital comics are your thing, like I would, I would love for people to uh, to pledge to to get the to read it digitally there. And mm-hmm. if you love it so much that you want to pick up a print copy and come and find me, I will happily sign it for you. Awesome. As, what uh, as, shows are you gonna be at <laughs> soon? Uh, I'm gonna be at New York Comic Con this year. Um, okay, and that's pretty much. That's pretty much it for me this year. Next year, I'm gonna try to get out to a few more shows. I, I just did, I just did Heroes Con uh, mm-hmm. this this past year, and that was a great time. So I'm gonna definitely try to make it back there. Um, but in terms of like solid plans, like I'm definitely gonna be in New York mm-hmm. uh, there every year. So very cool. I live, I live here. <laughs> right. Well, speaking yeah. of, you know, that's one of the cool things that attracted me to Gutter Magic was the uh, the Empire State Building is is mm-hmm. almost is broken off in half and floating. Mits, you know itself like yeah how, i know i've kind of said that was my last question but how did you kind of come up with that idea yeah that's another sort of like image where like i don't know exactly where it sprang from in my head but once i had it i was like that's like that's that's like the the focal image of like the series like you mm-hmm. know so I, I just love the, the idea of like you know, taking sort of like this, like symbol of this thing that symbolizes, like, you know, you know, in, in a way, like kind of like everything Liberty, we accomplish this, yeah. in our in our society, like you know, everything that like that New York is about, and and it's 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 still there, it's just irrevocably different from what we're used to, uh-huh. and like I think like it, it's a great visual and it's something that 
Brett, uh, the artist of the uh, series, really latched onto uh, when he did that uh, that first uh, first issue cover and the cover for the trade. And I think it just makes for like an amazing image. Like it just sort of like immediately tells you like you know we're not in in Kansas anymore, or we're not in we're not in what do you think Manhattan is? We're in this new version of Manhattan. Yes, things have changed for sure. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Rich Dweck, thank you very much for jumping on the show and for the interview. Um, but yeah, check it out. Gutter Magic Tales from the Gutter is going mm-hmm. strong right now on the Kickstarter page. Definitely go check that out. Uh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. No, thank you for having me, man. I had a great time. Just to give you guys a heads up on that Kickstarter, uh, Tales from the Gutter, a Gutter Magic anthology, uh, has about five days left to go since that last interview. Uh, I was very happy to have rich on and hope uh we get to see a lot more from the world of government magic very soon but now let's go right back into some more news um elvira is in the call of duty series what i don't even what okay sure uh but she just filmed like a cool little interactive thing where she kind of hosts you know zombies and madmen and her going through and apparently you can be elvira at one point or she helps you i don't really know i don't play call of duty uh but it's really cool to see her getting involved in the video game world i would love to see i know this is kind of a random thing to think about but imagine elvira riffing on all your favorite games uh as they are being played through maybe in scary games like dead space or uh, Left 4 Dead or something like that and you know she can make comments about them maybe even older games are a little bit more cheesy like Deadly Premonition that has more room for making jokes uh, I'm just throwing those ideas out there for you guys uh, yeah Twitch just just call me up anytime uh, my number is uh, 407-666-6666 alright um, now into a fun little topic that's been going around let's talk about post-horror this has been a hot-button topic for, like I'd say, over the past couple of weeks, but really over the last couple of years. Um, movies that have come out like Green Room, Don't Breathe, um, It Follows, things like that. You know, people talk about, oh, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, you know, I really liked Green Room. There's always that one asshole that comes out of nowhere and goes, that's not horror. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that a horror. It's more of a, a thriller. Um, I would No, horror is a melting pot. A, a lot of different ideas um whether it's horror to you or whether it's horror to me uh horror is just kind of uh just something that terrifies you that scares you a little bit there's even horror movies that aren't scary at all that are just fun to make fun of there are horror movies uh or basically that you watch around halloween time like that i like to discuss on this show a lot that are super kid friendly they're almost like goofy and fun um you know some might actually consider monster house to be a horror film just because it's not your cup of tea of horror doesn't mean it's not horror. I think when you say post-horror, you sound like a fucking asshole. Um, it's just not a thing. You're in your brain. You think Nightmare on Elm Street and Texas Chainsaw. Uh, you know, some people don't even consider Scream a horror movie, believe it or not. But those movies to you, those are horror movies because that's just what you grow up knowing. And that's all that was there for horror. Now, there were a lot of different subgenres on top of that around that time, like Suspiria and films that, you know, were coming out overseas that you didn't even know about, you didn't even see, and those were considered horror films. So what I'm trying to say is, don't say post-horror. Post-horror is bullshit. Uh, whatever articles that are coming out uh, from these larger websites, uh, they're kind of taking a shit on the genre as a whole. Uh, it, you know, they're, they're swaying you away from thinking that, you know, it follows as a horror film and that it needs to be in its own genre. Don't Breathe needs to be in its own genre. It doesn't. It's horror. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, on top of that, we've been getting a lot of uh, complaints about plagiarism. Um, not me personally, just people around the internet. A site that I go to all the time to get a lot of my news and information uh, is Pumpkin Rot. And this guy's been kicking ass for years and years and years, and he's been such a pioneer. He's done a little work here and there on films like Trick, or not Trick or Treat, uh, Krampus. Um, Mr. Jones, and it, you know he puts a lot of work into his uh, theming, of, uh, taking photos of uh, his haunts at his house, and people have been stealing his work and putting it up on their sites and claiming it as their own, and that's bullshit. You know, if somebody goes around and, and takes a lot of time and work to put effort into something, just to have somebody else come around and steal the same thing and put it up on their site and sell prints of it. That's bullshit. That's copyright infringement, and you should burn in hell for taking somebody's hard work like that. Um, 
So yeah, just stop. Like anytime you take something, just credit them. You know, if I ever pull something and put it on every day is Halloween, or if it's an art piece, I like track down the artist. I found most of my art from Tumblr of all places. Um, but it, it, you know, it supplies me with really good stuff. And you know, sometimes they're uncredited. It's just, here's a really cool picture. They post it and I have to spend hours trying to find out who did it because I want that person to grow. I want that person to put more content out because their work is so great. I don't want to steal it, slap my name over it. Well, what the the fuck am I going to do with it? You know? So stop with the plagiarism guys. And also I don't get what this conceited, uh, horror mind thing is going on right now. Um, you know, I am reaching out to uh, different people in the community that I would like to work with and get more ideas and, uh, you know, just work with people. And there's been so many great people, especially on Twitter uh, and, and just in the community that have, you know, accepted each other with open arms. I've been here for a long time. I've been so- on social media, on Facebook and everything and, and talking with people. And it just seems like the, the, the bigger, big wigs of their websites uh, they don't care to, you know, discuss anything or want to talk with you or work with you on anything. Um, it's it kind of like even just socially on social media, they'll kind of like nix you out of out of the, you know, discussion. And it kind of hurts, especially for sites that I may have worked with, uh, um, you know, years ago. But whatever, you know, moving forward, I don't really care about that. Uh, just kind of bleeding out my truth here on the show. Um, but whatever. You know, I'm finding a lot of really great play people that are, like, stepping up and taking those places of those people. So, just, you know, guys, work together. This is a... It's horror movies. It's a fun genre to just play in. And let's not take things too seriously. And just have a good time. You know? Just share your thoughts and your stories. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you get somewhere with it. Rather than keeping things closed off and angry and not wanting to talk to anybody. Uh, it's just kind of a... Shows your colors, for sure. I also wanted to point you guys in the direction of another really cool comic book that came out this past week called The Nocturnal's Sinister Path, uh, written and drawn by Dan Brennington. Uh, Dan's been a really close friend of mine for a couple years, probably over a decade now. You know, his Nocturnal's comic came out uh, in the mid-90s, and it's still going strong. Uh, It's great to see these characters back. Uh, If you guys like Halloween, you like horror, uh, Nocturnal's is the perfect place to go. Uh, If anything, it kind of you know, built me more into the horror guy that I am today after reading those comics. Uh, the art piece is beautiful. Uh, every single panel is an art piece. Uh, Dan literally paints everything he does. He writes it all. It's a monster mash of uh, pulp comics, crime comics, and horror comics all in one. And I, I love it. There's uh, Halloween Girl is in there, uh, Doc Horror, The Gun Witch. Uh, if these characters sound awesome to you, then you should definitely check out Sinister Path. It's the newest edition in the Nocturnals world, but you can also jump in right now and read that and then go back and read what has been uh, you know, put out since. Uh, really great stuff. Go check it out. Love it to death. All right, now we've come to the time of the show where we talk about the best shows and movies, horror-wise, streaming on Netflix and Hulu. So we're going to start off with Netflix. Uh, right now, The Void is playing, and my god, did I love the shit out of this movie. Uh, I saw it maybe about a couple months ago, and if you love practical effects, you're going to love this movie. Uh, it basically is everything you've wanted to see with practical effects in a horror movie uh, times 12. <laughs> uh, I don't want to give anything more away than that. Um, it is just fantastic. So much fun. Uh, yeah, just... Please go into that one uh, ready. Just have a great time. Uh, next up, we have Castlevania, the series, which just dropped on Netflix. Now it's four episodes, so it doesn't really make much of a series. But if you push all four of those episodes together, it makes one really awesome movie. So sit down and kill all four episodes of Castlevania. It's pretty great. Um, it's by Adi Sankar, the guy that kind of did the Dirty Laundry um, Punisher short that's on YouTube. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. Uh, and also, he did the Venom short, um, which is also on YouTube. And the Gritty Power Rangers um, short that's also on YouTube. He's also worked in film and done a few things here and there. But uh, this Castlevania project looks really cool that he's involved with. Um, so definitely check that one out. Uh, and then, of course, the all-female directed XX is out on uh, Netflix right now. It's a, um, you know, they have little different segments here and there and stories um, on just horror 
and uh, it's great. I freaking love each one of these stories is really unique and interesting. Something that VHS kind of dropped the ball on, at least in VHS two and three. Um, so give that one a look if you want. So let's move on into Hulu. Right now we have Why is Horror, a horror documentary on just horror in general. Why do you like bloody gory things? Why do why does that why does that interest you? Are you a weirdo? Yeah, we've all gotten that from time to time. Uh, why horror kind of goes into depth and discuss that, and why you know why do we go to horror cons? Why do we have Nightmare on Elm Street posters on our walls and like Mars Attacks? Like we just do. It's part of our you know our our DNA, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, and then the other two are kind of throwaways because Hulu doesn't have many horror movies on its site to begin with. Uh, but I went with The Descent because I fucking love The Descent. I saw that on my birthday. I think my 21st birthday. Was that my 21st birthday? No, it wasn't. I, I don't know. Whatever. The Descent's a great horror movie. Uh, spelunking with monsters. Have at it. Uh, and then finally, Blue Velvet. Not really a horror movie, but if you like David Lynch and you've been watching Twin Peaks, I highly recommend you watch Blue Velvet. To me, Blue Velvet is kind of like a precursor to Twin Peaks. Uh, you know, with the characters, Laura Dern, and uh, they, you know, they meet for the first time. Uh, you know, then she says, say Twin Peaks happens, the original series in the 90s, and then it stops. And then we got new Twin Peaks now on Showtime. And who shows back up? But Cooper's long, old lost partner, Laura Dern. She's back. And she's jaded as fuck. But you know what? If you put Blue Velvet in the beginning, it kind of works out. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but check it out. It's really cool. If you like David Lynch weird, uh, you know, you know, here's the story. Do we not really fix it or give you a nice ending? Just leave it up to you. You, you think about that. That's David Lynch. And that's why I love him. He kind of makes you think afterwards, after a movie. Um, so, yeah, that's what's streaming right now. Go check those out. Um, I'm going getting ready. That that's kind of it, guys. I'm getting ready to watch uh, the newest Twin Peaks. I'm gonna be really sad whenever this new season ends. Um, but I hope you guys liked this episode. You enjoyed it. Um, make sure to subscribe on iTunes if you haven't. Go to spacedragoncast.com. That's where all the episodes of Everyday is Halloween are, including. Uh, all the Space Dragon podcast episodes and all my news updates. Uh, make sure to go to geek.com. Uh, I'm usually reviewing a lot of comic books and Star Wars stuff over there. I'm always posting all my articles all on my Twitter page. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'm going to stop babbling and give you guys some more music to go out on. But until next time, stay spooky and we'll see you in August. Here's Murderland with Jack O' Lanterns. <laughs>